Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. Liquidchurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. Looks like the ladies already have us all figured out, you know, basically just kind of stroke our egos a little bit and and motivate us by withholding sex and bam, we're done, right? But truth be told, there actually may be a little bit more to this. And, and I still think that we, we benefit by going a little bit deeper the way that we did last week when we were challenged, men and women alike, to actually think pink, to embrace the fact that a woman needs to feel love and that that happens whenever a man begins to value what she values, and that is openness and understanding. And so today we're going to flip it around a little bit and explore the idea of bleeding blue, where, where love is the desire for every woman woman, respect is the need for every man. And we're seeing this clearly in that central verse on relationships, Ephesians 5.33. We've been spending some time here. Each of you also must love his wife and the wife must respect her husband. And as we've been calling out this distinction, we've been really championing this book. Many of you have already bought this book or some of you have won this book by filling out the connection card, right? This, cha- uh, this, this book by Dr. Egerich, Love and Respect. And, you know, today is no different actually because because many of the ideas and things that we're talking about actually come from this book. As a matter of fact, some of you remember how he merged scripture and science together when he asked, uh, when he highlighted the conclusion of a nationwide survey that asked men all across the nation of the following two negative outcomes, which would you prefer? A, to be left alone and unloved in the world, or B, to feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone. And it wasn't just that men chose A, but it's that an overwhelming majority, 74%, three out of every four, actually would rather be alone and unloved than disrespected by everyone, which is truly so remarkable because for pink, The idea of being alone and unloved, there could be nothing more scary, nothing more detrimental. So the fact that men actually respect, that they, that they hold respect more dearly, that, that's something that doesn't even register. You know, my wife and I were actually talking about this this past week, and she was like, really, Tom, really? Are you serious? So, so, so just, I need you to understand then, when I say that I love you, what I'm saying there is that I admire you, I, I respect you as well. And I was just like, no, 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 Erica, sweet, please, sometimes I need to actually hear those words. Tell me that instead. Sometimes I actually need to hear that you respect me more than I need to hear that you love me. And, and some of you are thinking, yeah, right, what, what is this guy's problem? But, but ladies, come on now, we've been trying to think, think, you have to try and bleed blue a little bit here. Try and understand it. If you're still hesitant, think of it this way. Just, just jot this down, tuck it away, and, and try it out on your man long after this message is over. Like, like maybe that's uh, like tomorrow and around noon or whatever. Right? Just, just sort of casually say something like this to your man. You know, uh, some of the girls, uh, sweetie, some of the girls and I, we were, we were talking yesterday over lunch, and, and they were like all like really upset about their husbands and stuff. And, and, uh, and, and sweetie, it just got me thinking how much, like uh, there's so many things about you that I totally respect. And then dash out of there. 
dash out like you forgot to do something. And, and, and I promise you, ladies, I promise you, that man will follow you through hell and high water just to hear about the details, about what it is that you respect about him, guaranteed. There's just, there's just no other way. And remember, if you had actually replaced the word respect in that last sequence of events, we'll call it an experiment. If you had actually replaced the word respect with the word love in that little experiment there, there's no way he's going to like jump off the couch and, and, and come after you. There's no way, guaranteed. Right? Why? Because the heartbeat of pink is love, but the lifeblood of blue is respect or admiration for his spirit or appreciation for who he is as a man. It sounds so simple, and, and you know what? It actually really is, but maybe that's why it's also so easy to forget. So let's try and understand here. What does it mean? Let's, let's really try to grasp this thing. What does it mean to bleed blue? Well, I think the first thing we all want to understand is this. It is in the nature of man. It is in his DNA to actually work and strive to achieve. Men work. Now, that's not to say that women don't, of course women work, but it's also to say that the very fiber of his being, in some ways, even the purpose of his very existence, he feels, is this idea to work and to achieve, to accomplish something. And there's actually good reason for this, because did you know that Scripture, actually in the second chapter of the Bible, Scripture tells us this is how God designed it from the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says... The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work, to work it and take care of it. So, so think of that. Man, man is all by himself. There's like no one there to bother him. Like for some people, that, that alone is paradise, right? Man is all by himself in paradise. Nobody's bothering him. And, and the one thing that God gives him, even before a woman, is a job, a, a work. I mean, you see, most people think that work is somehow un incompatible with paradise. That heaven is just like this place where, okay, you just play golf all day or something like that. You know, it, that, that's what we're thinking. But uh-uh, scripture reminds us that even in paradise, man is at work. Why? It's in our blood. You know, some of us were talking about this a couple of days ago. You know, rare is the man who actually vacations on his vacation. Why? Because he's constantly thinking about what needs to get done. He's constantly thinking about what he needs to do. He's constantly thinking about what am I not doing now that I could be doing, et cetera, et cetera. It's like years ago, Eric and I, we're, we've been married eight years now. We were on our honeymoon. And I, I kid you not, you know, I actually charted out day, this is kind of embarrassing, day by day, hour by hour, where we needed to be, what we needed to see, what we needed to do. People, I was on my honeymoon. I mean, this is as close to paradise as I'm ever going to get. Heaven on earth, you know. I'm with my newlywed wife. We're in Hawaii. This is, this is paradise. And I charted it. <laughs> this thing, it's in our blood. To accomplish and to achieve, that's what it is to bleed blue. Men are just hardwired to operate this thing, to, to operate this way and, and to think this way. And it's work becomes our priority. We give focus to it. We, we enjoy it. And maybe some of you, maybe some of you have actually read this article as well. It's getting pretty popular actually about how there's this growing percentage of men, kind of scary, who actually die 
within the first two years of retirement because their bodies go through this shock of not having to gear up anymore for the daily grind after all these years. And you start seeing this sort of thing all over the place. Like whenever, whenever men meet for the first time, what's the first thing that they ask each other? What do you do? Exactly. In other words, let's just cut to the chase here, all right, buddy? I don't need to know your name. Don't tell me how old you are. Don't tell me all the details, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, whatever. More than even who you are, Blue is interested in what you do because for Blue, the identity is wed to his work. And need I say, this is so different than pink, right? Not wrong, but different. And so mark this as well. Work for a man, it's not just a basic source of his identity. It's also a basic source of his happiness. Man, I got two questions for you. What do you do, and how do you do it? <laughs> I'm a stockbroker. Stockbroker. Oh. I had to go to college to be a stockbroker, huh? You don't have to. Had to be good with numbers and good with people. That's it. Hey, you take care. Hey, I'm going to let you hang on to my car for the weekend, but I need it back for Monday. Feed the meter. Still remember that moment. They all looked so happy to me. Why couldn't I look like that? Why couldn't I look like that? You know, so you see, whether your man puts on some of these every day, or maybe he carries a briefcase and, and puts on a tie, it doesn't really matter. The point is, it is in the nature of man to work and to accomplish. It is in his blood. It breathes through him. God hardwired him to derive satisfaction from his work. And, and ladies, believe it or not, here is where you actually have the choice to either fan those flames and make this thing breathe even more, to make that fire inside them blaze in a, in a good and productive way by appreciating and acknowledging this innate good quality in him, or you can just snuff it out and sort of dismiss it like this is, it's just some sort of stupid pipe dream, some, some, something that distracts him from the more important things of life, and, and all the while refusing to understand that for Blue, for Blue, the drive to achieve is actually an incredible gift, one that you would never, in your right mind, you would never want to extinguish. Ladies, you have the choice and the power to affirm this divine desire inside of him or to completely snuff it out. I'm trying to get home by six. I'm going to stop by a brokerage firm after work. For what? Oh, I'll see about a job there. Yeah? What job? Uh, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I could go through a, a math book in a week, so I'm going to see about the uh, job they got down there. What job? Stockbroker. Stockbroker. 
Yeah. Not an astronaut? Don't talk to me like that, Lena. I'm going to go down and see about this, and I'm going to do it during the day. Mm-hmm. You should probably do your sales calls. I don't need you to tell me about my sales calls. Do you remember that rent is due next week? Mm-hmm. Barbalina? <clears throat> We're already two months behind. Next, next week, we'll owe three months. I've been pulling double shifts for, for four months now, Chris. Just, just sell what's in your contract. Get us out of that business. Linda, that is what I am trying to do. This is what I'm trying to do for my family, for you and for Christopher. What's the matter with you? Linda, that is what I am trying to do. (laughs) That... That line gets every man in here. Why? Because, I mean, of course he realizes that there are bills to pay. Of course he realizes he has a beautiful wife and a a beautiful child to care for. He is a good-willed man. And many of you are married to good-willed men. It's one of the reasons that you actually fell in love with this guy in the first place. I mean, no woman in here in her right mind ever said, now there goes a fine-looking jerk I'd like to get hitched to for the rest of my life. None of you women said that. But in that clip, Linda misunderstood her husband's attempts at a long shot, his husband's attempts to reach his dream, to achieve more as some sort of tactic for avoiding the pressures of everyday life. And so it felt to her, it felt to Linda like this lack of love. She felt uncared for. And so she reacts without respect. But not an astronaut. Right? And you know where this crazy thing is going to go, right? You know this crazy cycle. You know what it's all about, right? From there it goes, it always goes. Without love, she reacts without respect. Without respect, he reacts without love. Without love, she reacts without respect. Without respect, he reacts without love. And it goes on and on and on. And this thing explodes and then all you're left with are these shattered pieces of what used to be an awesome, beautiful, fulfilling, great relationship, and now you're just left with shatters, pieces. Everyone loses, no one wins. And think about this now. When you first started dating that woman, men... You cherished her. You, you, you didn't want to let her go. You listened to her. You didn't try to fix her problems. You opened up to her. You spoke her language of love. And women... When you first started dating this guy, you were all interested in what he had to say. You were like, so really? So, so if I get Fios fiber optic cable, then, then my internet speeds are fast. That is so amazing. You are such a genius. Or at least you pretended to do that, right? You pretended. You, you, you let him go on and on about his dreams and achievements. And meanwhile, you, 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 did you know that, that, here's a little secret here, women. Did you know that a lot of times men actually do what they do and say what they say for the admira- uh, ad- admiration of one person, one woman? And, and, and wives, that one woman is you. 
He actually does all that stuff for you. Oh, he'll never tell you that. And I'll probably get some angry emails now from guys like, bro, how are you going to give us up like that? You know, and all this stuff, you know. Uh, but guys, relax. The gig is up. The gig is up. And besides, the only way we're going to get through this is if we all put all our cards on the table. So ladies, understand, God hardwired that creature Man, okay? He hardwired him to work, to strive and to achieve. But, but it's more than that because there's also this other quality, this innate quality about blue. It's this deep desire he has to not only work and achieve, but to also protect and provide. You see, because your man, your man is not only a natural born worker, well, he's also a, he's also a natural born warrior. See this right here? He, he has been designed to protect and provide as well. Now, now, now please, I know it, it, it's hard to take him seriously. I got this, you know. Okay, but uh, this is no juvenile, you know, sort of machismo here. Okay? No, this is a very much a God thing. This is how God designed men. Tied down to their, to their attitude for work and achievement is this noble impulse to protect and provide. It's the reason why when a burglar breaks into your home, no man of the house is going to ever be like, Oh no, Sally! You go get him! Here, take this! No man does that! To protect and provide. These are the things you don't even have to teach a man. He knows these things instinctively. He's born with them inside of his gut. It's in his blood. In fact, the Old Testament book of Nehemiah actually puts it this way. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14 says, this is addressing men now. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight protect your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Protect. You see, this is a divine mandate for Blue to leverage the strength and character he has on behalf of those whom God has entrusted to his care. Same thing you see in the New Testament as well. Again, men are reminded in 1 Timothy chapter 5, this is one man writing to another man, and men are reminded, if anyone does not provide, it's this warrior thing again, does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In other words, doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're not, it doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus or not. Yeah, I, I just said that. It does not matter if you believe in Jesus or not because we're not talking about like a, some Christianese. We're not talking about some sort of Christian stuff here right now. No. We're talking about the basic ingredients of the masculine soul. That, that, it, it, it's not something Christian. This is, this is just the basic ingredients. If you bleed blue, it is in your blood to protect and provide no matter what. It's a core value. And so if anyone does not provide for his own, he has denied the faith and is worse off than an unbeliever. Why? Because the implication is that every man knows, not just men who read their Bible, not just Christian men, not just men who go to church, but every single man knows you need to protect and provide for your own. I mean, come on. If you don't even know that, 
If you don't have even that basic element of maleness, if you don't have that basic quality inside you, well, then you may be physiologically male, but you're nothing close to a man. Have you seen the movie Cinderella Man? Talk about pink and blue, right? Cinderella pink and, and man blue. It's basically this film inspired by a a, a true story uh, uh, of New Jersey's own former heavyweight champion, James J. Braddock, surviving the Great Depression. Uh, He's going through and he's carrying his family along during this incredible time uh, of global poverty. And, you know, you talk about the heart of a warrior here. I mean, imagine being a boxer during global poverty, trying to literally, you have to literally put on these gloves to work. And yet he, he, he's still, he's still upholding this innate quality, this innate impulse. He's acting on this impulse to sacrificially protect and provide for his wife and kids who need food as well. Sorry, sweetheart. We need to save some for the boys. Here you go. You know, May, I dreamed last night that I was having dinner at the Ritz with Mickey Rooney and George Raft. Really? Yeah. I dreamed I had a steak. A thick, juicy steak. Like this, Rose. Wow. And then I had a mountain of mashed potatoes. And I went back for ice cream two times. Oh, I'm, I'm stuffed. I'm absolutely full. I cannot eat another thing. Wanna give me a hand? Jim. Jimmy. (laughs) Now, guys. Do you really think any woman would be afraid to follow a man like that? To entrust herself to a man who would sacrificially protect and provide for his own like that? And and do you know what the Bible calls it when a woman entrusts her heart to a man of that kind of noble character? Look with me a couple verses above our kind of anchor verse for this series. Look with me at Ephesians 5.22. When wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And I know, okay, here's where all the red flags are coming up, right? Or pink flags or whatever you want to call them. And everybody's alarmed. All the women, you know, because you're thinking, of, and rightfully so, this, this passage gets so abused because you're thinking, I don't, I'm not going to have that man put his fat foot on my neck and, you know, leash me up and, and have me submit to him. You can't tell me to do that, Pastor. You can't tell me to do that. And I understand. Right? I understand because, because of, of all the passages in the Bible, this is the one that, one of the ones that gets mis, misinterpreted, misunderstood the most. And, and, and you have a right, rightfully so, uh, you, there's some apprehension in here because, because this passage gets used and abused uh, by certain types of men, barbarians, not warriors. There's a difference. By barbarians who carelessly, they, they carelessly wield this thing. Okay, and they're trying to show off their strength and their, and their, their voice. And their, Okay, I'm going to, you got to follow me, woman. By these barbarians who think that leadership is actually not, they don't understand that leadership is actually not a right. No, it's a responsibility. 
You see, a woman knows, she can see the difference between a barbarian who thinks he has a right versus a warrior who knows in his heart of hearts that he has this incredible responsibility. She knows when a male is all about exercising, you know, his bigger muscles and his, and his booming voice to squash her soul. Me, man, you woman. Versus a real man who will use those same strong muscles, that same strong instinct to sacrificially serve, even die for her. Pink can tell the difference. And so here's the thing. Guys, it's not that Pink doesn't want to entrust herself or follow Blue's lead. It's just that she's smart, man. She's smart. Okay? She wants to be sure that you haven't stopped reading your Bible at verse 24 because you're too busy pumping your chest like King Kong to realize that there's actually another verse right after it. Verse 25, the very next verse says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And let's read this part together. And gave himself up for her. What exactly does it mean that Christ would give himself up for the church? It means that Christ literally died for her to give her life, to preserve her, to protect her, to provide for her. See, men, our model for relational leadership is Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to go actually on a limb here and say this. She won't really have a problem entrusting herself to you, following you, whatever words you want to use, if you lead in sacrificial love. If she knows you'd actually die for her out of love to protect and provide for her, she's got no problems. See, the worker in us keeps moving, achieving, and and, and the warrior in us protects and provides as a responsibility that we're honored to obey, not some sort of right that we blindly enforce. Understand that, men. Your leadership is a responsibility, never a right. Huh. Out of love, we lay down our lives if need be. Which is why, you know what? Here's another secret. Every man's heart in here swelled just a couple minutes ago when they saw that scene from Cinderella Man. Every single one. Because it's that whole warrior, sacrificial, protect and provide thing. We actually enjoy, we relish the fact when our strength is called upon, when the idea of sacrifice is called upon. We like that. I would do the same exact thing, says my heart. Man, that's the kind of man I need to be. That's the kind of man I want to be, says our very soul. Every man knows, every man knows, he knows it when he sees it. You just do. Men bleed blue. It's the heart of a warrior. But if it's also plain as day, if it's also clear, then, then, then why do pink and blue go round and round this crazy cycle, Right? Why does that keep happening? I mean, let's lay aside all the social theory. Let's, let's put away the movie clips. Let's, let's, and let's actually get live with this. All right, let's, let's go real time here. Yeah, you know, many of you, you, you know my wife, Erica. She's actually sitting right there, and so uh, you're going to have to, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and some of you uh, know our we got two little munchkins. These two little girls, they run around. Maybe you've seen them with Allie. She's three, and, and Nori, she's a year and a half. And anyways, 
Well, we were all together uh, at this retreat back in the summer. I think it was like July, this past July or whatnot. And long story short, I was so stressed out, you know, because ministry can be pretty, pretty uh, stressful, right? Pretty intense. And there was lots going on, lots of plates to spin, lots of things to do, lots of people to tend to, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you know, basically what I'm doing, I've got my work gloves on, right? I'm doing the work, right? And, and so some of the other leaders and I, we were up really late one night and we were just preparing and planning and praying, not partying. Not partying. We were working, okay? And so I actually didn't get home until around 4 a.m. And of course, Erica and the girls by that time, they're, they're just out cold. And I, I just look at them and my, this is why I do what I do. And my, my heart gets warm and I just, I, I love it. And, 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 and so I'm thinking, you know, because I'm also, I'm also the warrior, right? I'm also the protector and provider. So I'm thinking, you know what? I know how hectic the morning can be when one of the girls wakes up and the other one doesn't want to and you got to get them ready and blah, 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 yada, yada. So knowing how hectic it is, I'm thinking, you know what would be real nice? Maybe I can just finish some of my work at home and then I'll just, I'll I'll grab some breakfast for myself and I'll make some for the wife and kids. Okay? So there I am. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm like, I'm like milking this and juicing that and, and like buttering this and jamming that and Peter buttering this and whatever, all this stuff. I'm making my breakfast and, and now I'm carrying bowls of like Cheerios and Fruit Loops and I, I got to open doors with my foot and whatever. I'm like carrying this stuff and there's a trail behind me. It's like, okay, all right. And then finally, because uh, I'm a good husband, right? I'm, I'm the provider. I, I, I lay it down. Well, it was a lot softer than that. I lay it down and, and I'm breakfast in bed, okay? And I, I know that I got maybe an hour's worth of, of, of sleep uh, in me before it's seven o'clock and I gotta, I gotta be back up. I gotta be, I gotta be out running because I got this, I got, I got morning devotions I gotta lead. We got, we got a morning service to do and okay, all right. Life groups are out there of all these activities and, and, and so I'm running. I'm out the door by seven a.m. And before I know it, it's already lunchtime. And, and I haven't even seen the girls yet. And, and you know, I'm thinking, you know, but they're okay, you know, because, because they, they've had breakfast in bed, you see. And so, so they must be all right, you know. And, and then uh, it's lunchtime and I, I'm thinking, okay, well, well now's, now's when I can catch up on some Z's because, oh man, I haven't slept. I have only slept like an hour or two hours or whatever. I can catch up on some Z's now because it's lunchtime, it's downtime. I've got maybe an hour or two. No one really needs me. I don't have to do anything, right? So I'm in bed. And all of a sudden, Erica comes in. And um, she ain't happy, right? Because uh, she's got the two girls literally on her hips, crying, yelling. She smells like stink. I'm like, what's going on here? And it looks like Erica's been crying as well. And well, she's got she's got these things on. And 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 Erica, she, if you know my wife, she doesn't get like this. But I can think of maybe two or three times in our whole marriage that we should, but she was fuming now. She's like, where have you? Been. I've been with the girls all day. Everyone's asking me, where's Pastor Tom? Where's Pastor Tom? I have no idea. You know, Nori just threw up all over me. There was no one there to help. Uh, the stroller that you said you'd fix, which you didn't, it still's broken. It doesn't work. Allie's clinging to me. She's all up in my business. And all the other fathers are with their wives and their kids. Where are you? Where have you been? Because, you know, She felt unloved, uncared for. Of course, you know, I'm sitting there, now standing, and I got these things. And uh, I'm just thinking to myself, look at her and say, Woman! Actually, I didn't say that. It feels good to say it now, but... (laughs) 
Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> Erica! I got a million and one things on my mind. I have to make sure that everything's running. I'm spinning so many plays here. There's so many pieces to this thing. Don't you get it? You know how hard I work. You know that I didn't even come into bed last night. You know this. You can't tell. Don't play that card. I'm a bad father. I'm a bad husband. I brought you guys breakfast in bed. Isn't that worth anything? Are you seriously on my case right now? Because I'm not with you at lunch and I'm choosing to sleep for an hour instead? Who is it? Uh, campus security. <laughs> Pastor Tom, is, uh, is everything okay in there? Because <laughs> catch this now. This was at a Christian retreat center where, where I am the lead pastor leading my flock, my congregation into, into spiritual renewal and retreat and rest and paradise. There's got to be a better way, folks. There's got to be a better way. Because you all know, when it gets crazy, you feel like that other person is out to get you. So it's not enough for men to just try and think pink or, or, or women to try and bleed blue. Well, we need some winning ways here. And ladies, here's something that's going to help seal the deal. This is where it gets really practical. And it comes to us from the advice of another New Testament relational guru, not Oprah Winfrey. Okay? But the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Peter who shares with us this very powerful insight. Turn with me real quick to the last passage, our memory verse. It can kind of serve as our memory verse for this week. The first letter of Peter wrote, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. It's on page 840 of your Bibles. 840. 1 Peter chapter, 1, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words. And then it goes on, by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Do you see what's going on here? Peter is actually going so far as to say, even if your husband doesn't believe in Christ, even if he's not a believer in Jesus, women, you, what you say or what you don't say has the power to change a man's heart. You see, Peter is actually talking about an unconditional respect here. Why? I mean, why would an apostle of Jesus Christ actually instruct women to still respect a man who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ? Why would an apostle do this? Why should you unconditionally show admiration for the spirit of a man? Because what you say, your words, and what you don't say, your actions, has the power what you say and what you don't say has the power to win a man, even if he doesn't believe in God, even if he doesn't believe in himself. You know, in, in the final scenes of, of that Cinderella Man movie, Braddock, he's about to step into the ring. This is a championship fight now, and he's about to step into the ring with a, a much younger, a much meaner, a much stronger beast of a boxer. People are like genuinely concerned for, the, for Braddock's life. They're afraid that he will be knocked out dead cold. And, and yet, who do you think reminds Braddock of who he really is? 
Guess, guess who starts fanning those flames, those internal man flames inside of him? And no, it's not that little old froggy manager, you know. Come on, Rocky, you gotta eat lightning and crap thunder. That, that, that's a different movie, actually. No, in real life, in real life, when you go live, it's the woman who has the power to remind her man of who he really is. All right, let's see. How's that? What? of Bergen, the pride of New Jersey. You're your kid's hero. And you are the champion of my heart. Dun, 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 this man will move mountains. Any man will move mountains with that kind of admiration, with that kind of appreciation for his soul. How different is that than, why not an astronaut? Or like in the Old Testament, where a man named Job, who actually couldn't be more righteous, this man couldn't have been more holy, he, is, he did everything right, yet everything wrong kept happening, happening to him. And one day, he lost all his children, all his wealth, all everything, all his materials, everything. And, and, and he's sitting there, just like with boils on him. He's sitting there just absolutely, just this misery. And his wife comes over to him and looks at him with disgust. And this is what she actually says, Are you still holding on to your integrity curse God and die I mean talk about just, just kicking a guy when he's down ladies your words have power they can actually build a man up or they can tear him down in an instant literally and don't miss this, 1 Peter 3 says, with or without words, you are communicating. With or without words, you are communicating something powerful, either by way of disrespect or respect. Whether you realize it or not, you're communicating to them. 
I'm telling you, the settings of a man, they're so, they're, they're so arranged that, that a man can pick up even the tiniest decibels of disrespect or respect, especially, especially when he knows that he's blown it. He doesn't deserve an ounce of your appreciation or admiration. For instance, guys, have you ever just blown it big time? Have you ever made a decision for the two of you that just totally just blew up in your face? Maybe it was a financial investment or maybe it was a boneheaded move or something. And, and she resisted, she, but she, she went along with you because you're the leader, okay, right? And it just blew up in your face. Well, a young black preacher by the name of E.V. Hill and his wife had just gotten married. And, and you understand this. Some of you young married, you understand this. very sensitive time. And, and, and they were very, they're struggling very much to, to, to get by, largely because of some poor financial decisions that he had made on the behalf of both of them, even against Jane's disapproval. But, but rather than, you know, a well-deserved, you know, I told you so, one night Evie actually came home. And to his surprise, to his delightful surprise, Jane had made like this, like this beautiful candlelight dinner. And this is just, a, just blew his mind. What, what, what's, what's going on here? And, and so he asked, and, 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 and Jane simply responded very lovingly, lovingly well, 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 tonight, I, I just thought we'd eat by candlelight. And so, you know, Evie got all excited, and he goes upstairs, and he's about to wash his hands in the bathroom, and, and he turns on the light switch, and it's, it's not working, but, that, oh, that's kind of weird, and he's just like, okay, all right, so he goes back downstairs, and he asks Jane, hey, Jane, do you know why the, the, the switch doesn't work? And, and that's when he finally realized that there was something wrong, and she was holding back tears. And, and, and this is her response, you, you, you work so hard, and... And we're trying, but, but it's still so tough. And I didn't quite have enough money to pay the light bill. And I didn't want you to know about it, so, so I thought we would just eat by candlelight. You know, years later, at her funeral, Evie described his wife's gestures that night with, with this intense emotion, as you might imagine. She could have said, I've never been in this situation before. I, I was reared in an upper class home and, and we never had our lights cut off. She could have broken my spirit. She could have ruined me. She could have demoralized me. But instead she said, somehow or another, we'll get these lights on. But tonight, let's eat by candlelight. question, what happens to a man's heart when he swings and misses, yet instead of being met by contempt and anger, and I told you so, he's met instead with this, with this unconditional respect and admiration for his heart and his soul and who he is by nature. See, Dr. E.V. Hill later became an extremely influential Christian leader. As a matter of fact, he was a confidant of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And during the Civil Rights Movement, it was, it, he helped transform the culture of this very nation. But at a time when he completely swung and missed badly, really badly, when his ideas and attempts, his every move to achieve was nothing more than some sort of degree of failure, the unconditional respect of his wife breathed life into him. 
And of all the things that he could have mentioned in all the years of his marriage, in all the things that he could have mentioned about Jane at her funeral, he pointed to that night. That's the night that he points to. Because she still admired his spirit. She won him over day after day after day, believing in him, respecting him, admiring and appreciating him, even when he struck out. Ladies, could it be, could it be that your man, even amidst all the shortcomings and whatever else, makes him so obviously, you know, disrespectable, we all know, could it be that somehow, somewhere, deep inside of his heart, deep inside of his soul, he's still about to come alive? That the worker and warrior inside of him are not dead, but that they're waiting on your words and on your gestures, waiting for you to say, I will unconditionally admire and believe in you as a man, even if you don't believe in yourself. Could it be? Pink, you have power. You have the power to crush a boy's spirit. Or you have the power to make a man come alive. I'm going to invite Dave and the band up here. and They can come on up. And I, and I thought we'd close with this, this incredible song. It's a very appropriate song by the group called Train, which which really captures the heart of the masculine, masculine spirit as well as your ability, women, your ability to make this man come alive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I think I speak for all men in here. We've blown it. Continue to blow it. And, 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 and there's no promise, there's no guarantee that we won't blow it. But thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy that is unconditional. Thank you for your love that is unconditional. And thank you, Lord, for, for bringing into our lives these women, Lord, who love you. And, and this whole love and, re, and respect thing, this whole relationship thing, Lord, this is something that you've designed. And maybe you're trying to reveal a little bit more about yourself to us through these relationships. So I pray for your, your restoration here. I pray for your grace here. I pray for your love here. And I pray, especially now for each man, Lord, that you would help us to come alive. Help us, Lord, to come alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.